0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host Urban Lee. Each week you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening.
1: Glad you're here tonight. Remember, you can get the book at dot com. That's frombeer com. We're going to start with another question from a listener this is a great question, and we're going to have to take it in part. It says Who becomes an alcoholic, and why are sins like alcoholism and porn kept quiet or rarely discussed in church? Hmm. That is a deep question. So I want to start with the word ignorance. Ignorance. The Bible says in Hosea, my people perish from lack of knowledge. And one of the things that I have learned since my recovery is wherever I'm ignorant, I am sure to find our enemy, the devil, working in my life. Let me give you an example. One of the things he would always come to me with was what if you perished? And what if you died? Who's going to take care of your wife and your mother and your grandmother? Well, he would always use that. And what I realized was I had to start praying and saying, Lord, how do I address this? Well, one day I'm at the gym and a guy comes over and he starts talking to me and he says, hey, I am an estate planning lawyer and we become friends. So he said, do you have an estate plan? And I said to him, no, I don't. But I have been thinking about that. And he said, hey, can I help you with that? And I said, yes, sir, that'd be great. So I took something that the enemy was using to create fear and doubt in me. And I prayed about it. And the Lord sent me an answer. And that gentleman helped me get my estate plan together. So I no longer worry about what happens to my mother or my wife or my family if something untimely happened to me. Now, God forbid, but we have to plan for all situations because what I've learned, especially with those who suffer from alcohol and drug addiction, the enemy tries to create doubt in your life, doubt about your circumstances, doubt more importantly about the Lord himself. And one of the things I want to talk about I'll address the part about why this churches kind of keep some sins like alcoholism and even porn that they're not talked about openly in the church. And a lot of times if you do attend a certain church and you suffer from alcohol or drug addiction, you've got to search really hard within the church to find uh, some help or a solution to even get pointed in the right direction. And I I think I have an answer as to why. Because I remember saying to one of the pastors at the church that I was attending at the time, hey, I, I'm a recovered alcoholic. And he looked at me and he said, How could you how could you ever become an alcoholic? You're smart, you're intelligent. And he he said, I could never become an alcoholic. And in my heart, I was like, how can you say you can never do anything? How can any of us say what we will or we won't do with a given circumstance if you're put in that position? So honestly, I was somewhat offended and surprised. He would later come back to me and apologize because I explained to him that although at one time in my life I was an alcoholic, I was now recovered by the, the power of, of Jesus Christ. And what I have found when I went back to Christ and I started going to church, I was a little disappointed because I was always, when I'm in a a situation, I try to add value. So the church I was going to, I looked around and I saw that we had an opportunity to put together a program around alcoholism because I felt like We were ignorant around it. We were a big church, and the stats say that anywhere from about 14 to 20% of the people in the world who are adults suffer from alcoholism. And so if you look at any given church, you could have almost 20% of the people suffering from alcoholism, but it's not talked about. I'm going to tell you guys a story about when, I was in corporate America and I think I have said it before I used to do brand marketing. We were, we were doing a commercial. We had plans to do a commercial. And so before you do the actual commercial, what you do is it's called focus group. So we were doing a focus group where you present the idea of the commercial to a group of consumers that represent your target audience. So we show them the board and they were livid. And let me tell you about the commercial. The commercial was for a beer company that I was working with at the time. And the commercial was built around the uncle who's always at the picnic. If if you've ever been to an African American family reunion or picnic, you've always got this one uncle. He's dressed, got the shorts on, with the dress shoes, with the high socks, and with the hat and with the matching Shirt and, and, and short. So the commercial was built around this guy. Well, when we showed the commercial boards to uh, African-American consumers, they absolutely lost their mind. And they said, we're sitting behind a two-way mirror, mind you. So they can't see who's behind the mirror. But some of them knew we were back there. They said, who did this commercial? And why would someone expose our secrets? Yes, we all have that uncle. And they said, yeah, we all refer to him as the drunk uncle. And we don't want the world to know that. We don't want the world to know about our drunk uncle. So we actually had to come from behind the two-way mirror and show them that not only was I black, also the agency we were using was black. And what what it made me think about was It's not okay for someone in your family to be suffering from any form of addiction and for it to just be ignored and say, that's just him. He's just a drunk or he's just a drug addict. Because let's go back to what the word says. The Bible teaches us that God often works in and through people. So he provides professional, professionals who have been trained in mental uh, help, uh, also um, drug addiction and alcoholism. But for many times in my culture, being a black person, it was frowned upon to seek counseling, whether it be for your marriage or for alcoholism, especially drug addiction. And I'm here to say that would I be sober without going to rehab? I'm not sure. But I do know that the professionals there were able to help restore me to sanity. Did God help me and heal me? Yes, he did. But he did it through people. He did it through me humbling myself and raising my hand and saying, I cannot do this alone. I have to allow the Lord to work in and through his people to help me address and overcome my addiction. So I'm saying all that to say that it's not okay for us to have family members, whether we are white or black or whatever ethnic group, and not try to help them because so many times these are great people. And it's not okay to allow them to wallow in their addiction when there is help out there. Well, people say to me, well, everyone can't afford rehab. There are rehab centers that will work with you. There are rehab centers that have anonymous donors that if you really want to be sober, they will make a way for you to be sober. So let's not be ignorant around addiction. Let's not be ignorant and apathetic by just saying that's just our drunk uncle, our drunk cousin, our drunk mom, our drunk anybody, because there are too many things and programs available to help you get sober and stay sober if you truly want to be sober. Again, the word says my people perish from lack of knowledge. Let's not miss the blessings that God has for us because we're ignorant to the help, the programs, and the things that the Lord has created to help those who suffer from drug and alcohol addiction. Please take advantage of the programs that are out there. This is Irvin Lee, host of From Beer to the Bible. You can get the book at frombeertothebible.com, and you can find information on Hampton Ministries at hamptonministries.org, and we will talk more on the other side.
0: We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible, right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal. And the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back.
1: Please remember to get the book at frombeertothebible.com. Let's address the second part of the question. Who becomes an alcoholic? I want to read to you and share some information that is available at the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Nearly 14 million people in the United States one in every 13 adults have alcohol abuse or dependence. More men than women are alcohol dependent or have other types of alcohol problems. More than half of all Americans over age of 12 report they are current drinkers. Isn't that amazing? More than half of all Americans over the age of 12 report. They are current drinkers. The rate of alcohol problems are highest among young people ages 18 to 29, lowest among adults 65 years and older. About 43% of U.S. adults, 76 million people, have been exposed to alcoholism in the family they they grow up with or they married an alcoholic or a problem drinker or have a blood relative who has an alcohol or drinking problem. Those are some sobering stats. So when we talk about who becomes an alcoholic, it could be any among us. And I want to share a story from rehab. When I got well or better in rehab, they made me a person who welcomed all the new people who were checking into rehab. I kind of became like a guy. So I remember checking this one gentleman in, and he was, I mean, he was about as buttoned up, as clean looking as as could be. And when he came in, he said, I want to hang out with people like you because you are like me. We shouldn't be here. And I said, well, say more. What do you mean? He said, see, like some of these people, they're on crack and they're on heroin. I'm on pills and you're on alcohol. We're different. And I said to him, I deserve to be here. I need to be here. And I got to tell you that you need to be here as well. We all are addicted to a drug. Alcohol is a drug. It's no different than heroin and cocaine and some of the other things that people we're in rehab for and it takes me back to this question of you know why churches and other places don't address and talk about the problem of alcoholism what i have found is we compartmentalize sin we make some sins dirty some sins okay uh porn's dirty alcoholism drugs dirty but adultery, idolatry, that's okay. We can talk about that. But what I have come to learn in my own recovery is what I keep in the dark, the enemy uses against me. Whatever it is I keep in the dark, the enemy uses against me. We have to bring alcoholism out into the light. It doesn't just manifest itself with the guy under the freeway with the sign that says, I'm going to tell you the truth. I need a beer. It manifests itself with guys like myself, who from an outly and a worldly perspective, people would say, how can you become an alcoholic? How can I become an alcoholic? Because you just heard the stats. I can become an alcoholic when I turn my back on God when I'm ignorant about what my family history was. When I got recovered, I went to my mom, and one of the things I learned that there is a genetic component to alcoholism. So when I learned that, I went to my mom and I said, who in our family has ever suffered from alcoholism? Right away, my mother said to me, Oh, your grandfather. Oh, he was a horrible alcoholic. At one point, he was like on the streets, a bum kind of alcoholic. So this is all a shock to me, right? I'm ignorant to my family and my history around alcoholism. So what did the enemy do? He used it. He used it against me. And I said to my mom, I said, so you're telling me my grandfather was a raving alcoholic. Now, let me tell you about my grandfather. That I knew he was a business person. He was a pastor of a church, upstanding man in the community, great reputation. Well, that's the Reverend Lee that I knew. But in his past, he had battled and overcome alcoholism. Well, I never knew that. I never knew to ask the question. So one of the things that I would encourage everyone to do is find out your family's history around drug and alcoholism. Find out what things continue to pop up in your family from generation to generation. And had I known that I was already predisposed, perhaps I would have looked at alcohol a lot differently. So it all came together for me once I knew that. And now what we do is we warn all my nieces, my nephews, everybody in our family, we warn them. Hey, look, we have a history, have had in the past, a history of alcoholism. And we would ask that you refrain from drinking. There was a report that came out that said if you can keep your child away from alcohol until they're 21 years old they are 95% less likely to become an alcoholic and it starts with let's not be ignorant let's face the facts that alcoholism is out there and we have to we have to address it it's not a dirty sin and people will say to me why is it that you're so transparent around the fact that you were an alcoholic and that now you're recovered because people don't have to know that you can just keep that to yourself. Well, when I recovered and the Lord recovered me, I said to myself, yeah, that's right. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to be different and I'm not, necessarily going to share that. And I was actually coached by some of the people in my AA group, "Don't don't tell everybody." Well, no. Obviously, I'm on the radio. I tell everybody because the Lord clearly communicated and said to me, "I allowed you to go through everything you did in your active addiction so you would have a testimony." And your testimony is not for you. Hear me clearly. Your testimony, my testimony, is not for me. It is not for you. What good is it that you've gone through great trials and tribulations and you don't fellowship and share that with someone else so that perhaps They don't even have to go through the trials and tribulations that you went through. But if they do, they will remember and say, I heard a guy on the radio who was an alcoholic and he said he recovered. Here are the steps he took. Here's the rehab that he went through. Here's what he prayed. Here's what he did. And this is how the Lord brought him through. So hear me clearly. Everything the Lord has allowed you to go through, it's not for you. Your testimony is not for you. It is for others. So I'm very transparent about everything I went through during my active addiction so that if I can help one person, that one person may help one million people. So that's why everything around my alcoholism and, and honestly, everything around my life, I try to be transparent about. It. And I think sometimes it makes my wife a little, little nervous and a little antsy about what I say, but I want to be truthful to you guys in hopes that one, I can help you. uh, The Lord can actually help you through me. And then the other thing about getting all of this stuff out, it puts it in the light and the enemy cannot use it against me. And my mother often says to me, She said, Well, how do you feel about being transparent and having to say all the things that you're saying on the radio? And I say to her, Sometimes the enemy comes to me and says, Hey, you are making a big mistake telling all of this stuff. And then I say to the enemy, um, because I know that if I didn't put it out there, he would come and try to use it against me. One of the things that I can say with confidence, and the Lord has taught me this, is don't be afraid to share your story. Don't be afraid to share all you've gone through. People in life, in the world, in the church, from the pulpit and from platforms are known. For what they go through. They are known, and you will be known for what you go through. You will not be known for what you don't go through. Yes, am I known for being an alcoholic? An alcoholic who was so bad he literally lost everything. Yes, but I'm also now known for being a man of God, a recovered alcoholic, and the Lord is restoring everything that was taken from me he's restoring that but most of all he restored my soul and i have peace i have joy in my life and that was all found through what i went through i thank the lord for alcoholism i wouldn't be here today if i hadn't went through the valley of death that was alcoholism and I found life in Christ Jesus. To just close out tonight's show, I want to say this is a platform. This is not about building my brand, but it's about sharing this platform for anyone who has suffered from alcohol and drug addiction and has recovered through the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So please, if you have a story to share, a testimony that you would like to share with the world, please go to FromBeerToTheBible.com. And I want to leave you with this. The love, I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FrombeertotheBible dot There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FrombeertotheBible dot